I mentioned a few episodes back that I am really focused on paid traffic this year and really mastering paid traffic. So I've spent I've spent years on the conversion side of marketing and really figuring out how to just maximize conversions, how to build conversion systems, how to do all the copywriting and all of that, plus the offer aspect, how to create offers that are appealing to the target market. But I really have not done a lot of work on the paid traffic side. And as I'm doing things to grow my business, I've recognized that that's, that's a huge opportunity for me. And so as I'm like in super learning mode, as I'm, as, as I'm buying all sorts of information about paid traffic and learning from all these people about paid traffic, one of the things that I'm doing is I'm really trying to focus on like, what are the, what are the absolute core principles? What are the underlying principles that make paid traffic work? And if you're familiar with my architecture of a skill model, if you've, if you've like, you know, if you followed me for a while, you'll know that when you, when you figure out the principles that make something work, that's like the, the, that's the foundation that everything else is built on. And from the correct principles come the correct strategy, come the correct techniques, and then tactics are like, I mean, it's like the tip of the pyramid, right? And so many people focus on, oh, what is this tactical thing that works? Like, oh, how do you set up the campaign structure? Whatever that works. But if you have the right campaign structure, but you have it all based on the wrong principles, yeah, maybe that's not actually the best way to go about it. And so I've, I've really identified what, at least my understanding is, uh, uh, what's the number one principle to making paid traffic work? for your business, trying to acquire customers for your business. And, and honestly, like if, if like Google, Facebook, all those other ad networks, they'll all take all the money that you want to throw at them. But how do you spend a dollar and have it bring back more than a dollar in return, you know, with a, with, with a customer in tow? Well, it all comes down to this one principle. You have to show the ad network. You have to show them where to find your buyers. So you have to show them who's ready, willing, and able to buy to give you money. And if you can do that, they will find more people like that and they will send them your way. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, do everything you can to engage with this episode so you get more content like this delivered to you. And so those magical algorithms of the internet will find more people like you who will find this episode valuable. Let's dive into today's content. These are the proven direct response, marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. All right, today's episode, uh, like every day, is sponsored by me, <laughs> and specifically my BTMS Insiders training library. It's like Netflix for copywriting and marketing training, um, and especially because I come from that conversion side, from the offer side, it's there's there's a ton of content there. There's actually now more than 150 hours of training plus new content being added all the time that help show you things like how to build that offer and conversion system. 
that you that's essential to have in place before you're putting a whole bunch of paid traffic into it. So check the link in the description to BTMS Insiders where you can learn all about how to do the copywriting and conversion systems that actually will get that traffic who is arriving at your website to become customers, to become leads, you know, however your business is structured. So this number one paid traffic secret is to help the ad networks find your buyers, find the people who are ready, willing, and able to give you money, right? And I, I broke this down in preparation for today's episode into an easy mode, a medium mode, and a hard mode. And um, as much as all of us want to go straight for the easy mode, it's not like it's, you know, there's, there, there are pros and cons to, to each one, okay? So let's start with the easy mode. Uh, easy mode is retargeting or remarketing. And so this, this can be the highest ROI campaign in your ad account, but the challenge is that it's less scalable because the entire premise of this is to tell the ad networks, this person has engaged with my content before. So if you're on Facebook, they've engaged with your Facebook content. Um, if you're on YouTube, they've engaged with your YouTube content. If you have a website, they've visited your website, or perhaps they're a, a email subscriber, or they are engaged with your business in some other way. So basically what you're doing here is you're telling them who your people are. Like, these are my people. This is my audience that you are, uh, th th that you might know, right? If you know these people, can you just show them my ads, right? And so, so again, like you just say, hey, these are my site visitors. These are my on-platform engagers is a, is a fancy term for it. Like, um, you know, if, if it's Google, if, if these pr people have engaged with you on Google, then show them my ads more, right? Or on YouTube or whatever. Or converters, right? So somebody has bought maybe a welcome mat offer, or a tripwire uh, introductory offer, and you have more offers for them, you can certainly target those people specifically. You can do all sorts of targeting just based on how you sift and sort and segment the data. You can do all sorts of targeting. But again, like all of these audiences are very small compared to the total market for most products and services, right? And so you're extremely limited here in terms of the amount of scale that you can create from this. And it gets worse. Um, massive, massive changes are happening regarding privacy, privacy legislation, privacy regulations, and internal policies at the ad networks to kind of head off additional scrutiny around privacy. And so things like being able to have, Facebook called it a pixel, so we'll call it a pixel. A pixel on your website that sends data back to Facebook and tells them this, this is the person visiting my website, like that capability is disappearing. There was the big Apple update, all of that, that are severely limiting your ability to retarget. And so it's going to be going forward, it has already happened and it is going to continue to happen that retargeting and remarketing are based less on um, observational data and more based on conversion or visitor action 
data, first party data. So an example of this is uh, as we speak, you know, if somebody has opted into my email list, I can still upload that email list to the ad network and say, if these are, if you have users associated with this email list, um, can you please show my ads to them? And as of right now, that type of retargeting is not being limited. That type of retargeting is because it's it's based on this first party data and it's based on a pre-existing relationship of some sort with the uh, you know with the with the users in question. So all of this to say, like there's some big negatives, but there's also that huge positive of uh, you're essentially telling the uh, the algorithm, like here are the people who I believe are most likely to convert because they already know who I am. It's already a, a warm to hot audience. And so you're saying, here's my people, right? <laughs> here's who's most likely ready, willing, and able to buy. Uh, can you just send them my way? And that's a it's a great place to to start with paid advertising. But you will always be limited there to the amount of traffic that you are driving into those different scenarios, right? Okay, so next up, next up is lookalike audiences. And um, so, so, so these can have good ROI because what, uh, what the algorithms are doing, what the ad networks are doing is they're saying, oh, you've given me this audience of people who sign up for your email list. You've given me this audience of people who bought. You've given me this audience of people who subscribed or even who just visited your site. I'll go find more people like them for you, right? Um, so these do tend to have good ROI uh, it, and they're more scalable because essentially instead of saying, oh, here's this, you know, thousand or 10,000 or 100 or 100,000 people who, um, who have engaged with me in some predefined way, you're, you're saying, okay, here are a million people or 10 million people who are the most like the people who engage with me in that specific way, right? So it's, it's, it's saying, um, find the people who are most like the people who've already engaged with me, right? But again, like this relies on excellent data going into the system. And so for, in order for the artificial intelligence, the, the audience, uh, the, the algorithm to, to, uh, to understand who your audience is, they need good data about it so that they can find more people like them. So an audience of 100, it's really hard to build a lookalike audience off of that's going to give you a good ROI because they're gonna to have to stretch more to try and figure out who those people are. But if you have an audience of 10,000, well, they're gonna to start to have a pretty good indication of, okay, these, these 10,000 people have a surprising amount of overlap on these particular factors, right? And they track so much data about us. And yeah, that's the privacy concern, right? Uh, but as long as, here's the thing with these, with the privacy concerns, if they are tracking actions in, like on platform, so if Google is tracking YouTube actions on YouTube and they say how this person behaves on YouTube um, is like how this other person behaves on YouTube, 
It's hard to make a privacy argument against that because you have to be able to understand how the people who are interacting with your business actually behave, right? But if Google is saying, okay, here's how this person, like this person behaves this way across the entire internet based on our tracking of people across the entire internet, then there it starts to be called into question as to whether or not they can use that data. Um, so again, like basically the more data that you throw at them, the more that they can say, okay, here's how these people behave on our platform. And here's how these people, here's some other people that behave like that on our platform. And they'll just go out and they'll try to find more people like them. And so that's going to be what the algorithms are able to base their stuff off of going forward is more on-platform use. So Facebook's gonna be able to help you target based on uh, how people behave on Facebook and less how people behave when they hit all these pixels all around the internet. Google, same thing, like what they search for, et cetera. Um, and, and so this can work pretty well. These look-like audiences can look, work pretty well, but really it's, it's about giving them a lot of data. So if you don't have a ton of conversions, it's gonna be hard to make a, a look-like audience uh, work well. The one thing that you can do if you have fewer conversions, right? If you have fewer conversions is you can optimize, you can create these lookalikes based on earlier in the customer interaction with your business. So for example, if you do a lookalike on website visitors or on clicks, you're gonna get a lot more people who are like your website visitors or a lot more people who are like the people who click specific links, right? The downside of that is you're optimizing for clicks and for website visitors, not for sales, right? So you can go a little bit deeper. You can say, here are all the people that opted in for this particular, uh, let's say free webinar or, uh, or, or a lead magnet, some kind of giveaway, some report, whatever. Here's all the people that opted in for this. Now, you, you, may, have a, uh, you may have a small percentage of those people that are actually good buyers, depending on you know, a lot of factors, right? But you can still tell the algorithm, okay, I want to optimize for this initial conversion of an opt-in, and you're gonna have more volume, more data, more people for it to base its uh, analysis on versus optimizing later, which is maybe optimizing for a buyer, for somebody who has actually spent money with you. And actually that's the power of having something like a welcome mat offer where you have a low price offer that really targets your ideal customer, that person who uh, would be most interested in your product or service, right? To have that low price offer that it's easy for someone to say yes to and to actually give you money, then what you're doing is you're creating a lot of buyer conversion data. And when you can feed that back into the algorithms and say, these are the people who buy from me, then it's easier for them to send you people who are ready, willing, and able to give you money as opposed to sign up for an email or a webinar or just click through and visit your website, right? And so again, this, this you know, medium mode, right? There was easy mode, the medium mode of the lookalikes. Um, it's, it really is about giving the algorithms as much quality data as possible. So now let's get to hard mode. Um, and this is true cold traffic customer acquisition. And it is harder 
to get ROI on this. It's harder to get a return on your investment. It's easy to spend a lot of money um, before you start to see a return as you are teaching the algorithms who your ideal customers are. And, and it's also much more scalable, meaning if you can tell the algorithms who your ideal customers are out of the great unwashed masses, you say, this is how to pick out and find my customers, then they can go out and they can go find your customers and bring them to you, right? And this is, this is essentially the, the place where people who are true masters of paid traffic, of media buying, of, of, of paid customer acquisition, this is where they play because this is where you can generate a ton of new customers and uh, a, a ton of revenue through paid traffic. And of course, like one thing I will say is that it's harder to get ROI on this cold traffic, right? It's harder to get ROI bringing people in the door and having them spend money with you for the first time. And when you crack that code, when you figure that out, you, what you're doing is, even if you're doing that at break even, let's say you do that where you're spending a dollar and you're only getting a dollar back. You are creating a huge audience of people who have now spent money with your business who are much more likely to do another transaction, to buy more things from you in month two, month three, month four. You've created remarketing audiences. You've created data for high quality data for the lookalike audiences. You're just feeding easy and medium mode, in addition to feeding your actual like customer relationships and, and customer list, right? And so it actually creates a much bigger business that you can make profitable, even if your paid customer acquisition is like break even, or even some marketers who are really smart about this will go negative on the expectation of going positive in, let's say 60 days or 90 days or whatever. And here's the thing. This is where most of us have to start. This is where most of us have to start. Uh, retargeting and lookalikes, like those things can help if you have a pre-existing presence. Let's say you have a, a pre-existing presence on YouTube, you could retarget people who've watched your videos or who are subscribers, or you have a pre-existing website where you've gotten some traffic. You can do some of that early on. And when we're launching new offers, when we're trying to acquire new customers, this is where we have to start. We have to figure out how to tell the search engines how to find, or not the, search, the, the ad networks, how to find your buyers. So how do you do this? How do you do this? One important thing that you can do, and this definitely applies more to Google, and Google is connected to YouTube, which, which has another search engine, right? So it's like Google search and YouTube search, and you could also apply this to, to Bing search and Yahoo search. You could apply this to Amazon because they have people who are searching for things to buy. But you need to find buyer intent, and one huge way to do that is with keywords. So. Um, so when you think about who your buyers are, you can think about what do those people who are most likely to buy my product search for in Google, right? Uh, and, and it's worth noting here that I was talking about on-platform engagement and how all the privacy issues are changing everything. If you think about Google 
as a search first company. If you think about Google as a company who understands their users by the words that they type into the search engine, then you can understand that Google can, they can really figure out where buyer intent lies. And so all sorts of targeting with all, with all the changes going on, I'm not going to go into too many details here, but the one thing that seems to be able to be used consistently now in 2022 as a reliable, as a reliable method for targeting people on the various Google platforms, including Google Display Network, where you can show your ads on websites all over the internet, and YouTube advertising, as well as Google Search advertising, is the keywords that they type into Google. Um, and, and, and I think that that's going to be the one thing that, with all the privacy changes, is least likely to change, that Google is going to continue to let you search for people or, or target people based on the keywords that they're typing in. Because, hey, nobody's going to argue that a search engine like, should have access to their own user search data. People type a, a keyword in, yes, okay. So um, around keywords specifically, there are a couple different approaches that you can use. So, um, so one is, is when people are typing certain terms into Google, basically what they're doing is they're saying, I have this problem, what's the solution? I have this problem, what's the solution? So for example, I might type into, uh, I might type in, into Google, how to write video sales letters that convert, right? And if somebody is searching for how to write video sales letters that convert, there's probably an intention around that, right? There's probably a specific person who's typing that type of keyword in or, you know, how to, I don't know, <laughs> how to clean gum out of clothes or something like that, right? That person has a specific problem that they want to have solved. Um, you know, how to break through um, weightlifting plateaus. That person has a specific problem that they want to have solved. Um, how to save more money for retirement. That person has a specific problem that they want to have solved, right? So it's about identifying if someone has a problem and is looking for a solution like yours, what do they type into Google, right? Or here's an alternative. Somebody who's a little bit further along in the, uh, in the buying cycle, meaning like, okay, they've, they, they have, they've maybe looked at, like they understand the problem that they're trying to solve. They've looked at potential solutions and they've decided, okay, I need to, I need to hire a roofing contractor to replace the roof uh, on my house. So that person uh, might be typing comparison shopping keywords into Google. So that person might be typing in best roofing contractor in Lincoln, Nebraska, right? Like, or, um, best AdWords ad agency or Google ads agency, best financial copywriters available for hire. I don't know, like best whatever, right? So what you're identifying there is a comparison shopping intent, right? You're finding buyer intent in the keywords that they're typing in. And then that particular person uh, for Google and other search engines can be targeted, well, for Google specifically, they can be targeted on Google, like for the search ads. So your ads show up when they search, 
but that particular person could also be targeted on YouTube and based on the searches that they put into YouTube, that person could be targeted on uh, Google Display Network. There's, there's just all sorts of targeting of the type of people who are searching for those particular terms. The completely different approach to this that is more in, in alignment with, um, with Facebook, but it also, there is still some relevance to Google ads. That's like, we're, we're down at the principles level, going back to my, my architecture of a skill, um, meaning that like, I'm not gonna tell you this is how you go do this on these platforms, because you have to understand, if you get this principle and you apply this principle in the right way, you can figure out what the tactical, technical implementation is of it. Like what's, what's the technique that I use to apply this? So, um, so the, the first thing in terms of going after cold traffic is finding buyer intent. And when you can find this group of buyers that, uh, that, that, that behave in a certain way, meaning they're, they're most likely to convert for you, and you then feed that back into the search engine and say, give me more people like this, or when you feed that back into the ad platform and you say, give me more people like this, they can go find those people for you. So the other thing that you can do, and this is definitely more akin to uh, Facebook advertising, is basically finding your people, identifying your people, finding where your buyers hang out, who they follow. Uh, so who has your buyers? Like, you know, for me, I'm in marketing, I'm in direct response, and so one big common name and direct response of people that would be most likely to have my buyers would be Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels. Like it's people who are doing the type of marketing that I do. Um, and there are, there are, for every industry, you could look at, okay, who are the most popular names? What's the most popular media? Who already has that pre-existing relationship with your audience? And um, and, and so first you have to figure out who they are, like who your people are, and you have to figure out like who they follow, where they hang out, what kind of media they consume, et cetera. And you figure out who has a relationship with them. And then you have to, through testing, tell the ad platforms to say, hey, um, these, like this person or, or a person who follows this person or a person who goes to this website or a person who whatever is my people, can I put an ad in front of them? And if they click it, send them my way, right? And so you have to figure out how do you attract those people to you? And so you, you, you like the whole, the whole point here is just identifying, like you have to know who your buyers are and where they hang out, who they follow, what media they consume. And then you can figure out through the different targeting strategies on the platforms. You could say, I think my buyers are here. Can you send in my way? And you're going to have to do some controlled testing of this because some of the assumptions that you make are not going to be right. And some of them are going to be right. And you have to trim the fat. You have to cut away what is not, um, what is not good targeting, right? For whatever reason, maybe there's already too many other people targeting them. So it's too expensive for you to get customers, or maybe it was just a bad assumption or whatever it is, right? You need to find where your buyers hang out, test some ads in front of them and see how they work and keep doing what works and stop doing what doesn't. And remember, like it's super important that traffic is actually only one piece of the pie. So 
success in internet marketing, success in marketing in general, right? If you if you think of traffic as, oh, like actually buying ad space in a magazine and getting people to respond that way, that's a form of, of you know, media buying that generates traffic, right? So it, it doesn't have to be online. Online is what we've talked about through most of this, right? Because that's where the algorithms are. But still, you know, if you're buying, if you're buying media in a magazine, that is going through that last thing that I talked about. Like my buyers read Smithsonian Magazine or my buyers read Air and Space or my buyers read Newsweek or whatever. And you put the ad there on the assumption that they're going to. And if it generates response, if it gets you the, 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 the buyers, right, then you know that it worked and you do more of it. Otherwise, you stop doing it, right? So you have to remember, though, that, that this, this traffic, media buying, et cetera, that's only one piece of the, the total puzzle. You also have to understand conversions. So once they click through the ad, that does not mean they're going to become a customer. The better conversion system that you have in place, the more profit you can generate on all that traffic that you invest in. Also, also uh, you have to be able to convert people at good economics, meaning if you are able to get... Let's say, uh, let's say you build a funnel and an offer structure that generates $50 per person who, who converts, per that first conversion. Okay, that's awesome. If you, if you are able to optimize the economics of that such that the first conversion uh, will generate on average $100 instead of 50, well, then suddenly you're able to spend more money on traffic. So it is about traffic plus conversion plus economics and figuring all of that out. And you must have that good conversion system and offer in place. And, and frankly, like when, you know, the, the traffic people that I'm following, that I'm talking to, they always say it, you have to have that conversion system and the offer in place or else it's, it's not even worth testing the traffic. Uh, now you can, you can tweak it and you can optimize it for the uh, for the traffic source in particular, and and you can it's a feedback system, right? Um, better traffic with a conversion system more optimized for it, with an offer in economics more optimized for it. It can all help, and you can learn. Um, but but still, fundamentally, you have to have all these pieces in place if you want to succeed. And so, don't forget to check out BTMS Insiders. The link is in the description. This has been a long and I think a rather value-filled episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, my daily episodes. I hope that you found it equally valuable, maybe taking a lot of notes if this is something that you are serious about learning. And if you do want to learn more, don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe. So I know, right? And so you get more content like this delivered to you. One of the ways to subscribe is to my email list. You can check that link out in the description as well. Uh, once again, I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. With every episode, I aim to help you build your marketing genius, build and grow your marketing genius. And uh, I, think that I've, I think that I've done a pretty good job today. Let me know. And I will see you again in the next episode. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.